Welcome to another episode of the Blast From Cast From. Music history discussed by three experts. You have myself, Kurt Thrider. Uh, I'm joined by um, two guest friends, Matt Tabletop <laughs> and Jennifer Finch. I won't ask what you've been listening to uh, lately, because I know for a fact. But should we just return to what have you been up to or is there a better question that i could ask just to get a summary of your activities since we last recorded something we've we've lost some uh notable celebrities that's not the angle you want is it um it's not joyful it did happen i guess so uh you're <laughs> there's James, been some death james khan uh he's he's gone mm. who else was oh there? was that not even I'll who be- you were thinking of captain it, Kirk it was actually, glad. It, yeah it was who i was thinking of what was that gary um, sinise you thought I said Gary Sinise. I thought, thought Tether said Gary Sinise. Breaking news. Um, no. No, I said uh, <laughs> Captain Kirk will be pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Sinise is an American actor. Thank goodness. Um, as opposed to was. Um, <clears throat> okay, so uh, Gary Sinise, what else has been uh, a hot topic of late then? I have been... Uh, wallowing in a pit of despair waiting for something to get my brain active again and this is the moment and what better way than um, snare drums repeated at a sort of lightning pace uh, <laughs> that's the best way to get over one's mental hump and really just start rocking is that oh no sorry is it heavy metaling what did I get wrong death metal I called it what was it thrash what is it okay well that's that could potentially <laughs> serve as an introduction to the topic we're going to discuss today but why don't I give it a good old try here so the topic is, of course, the big four of thrash metal. So we're going to go back to the 80s, which is a very popular thing to do at the moment, where thrash metal was uh, popular. Why would we Why would we do such a thing? Um, it's a good opportunity to... I get, I, would you agree with this statement that you neither of you two are would consider yourself a metal head or a headbanger of any description? <laughs> Genuinely thought you were waiting to go say... <laughs> Neither of you two would consider yourself men. <laughs> this is man's music. <laughs> but no, I'm not. I'm not much of a headbanger, and uh, I don't. I mean, save it, save it for the end and the the conclusion. But I don't think I will be after listening to this in a in a condensed three day period. Sixteen albums. Was it fourteen? Anyway, I don't think I was, and I certainly don't think I am. But let's record an entire conversation. Oh well, you've just shortcut to the the end there, so we could. Um uh, Editor, cut build, I mean, um, anticipation for the. End. I will give another answer. No, I like it, but not in long amounts. Such large quantities. There was Condensed. rather large quantities in order to get up to speed. I had to familiarise myself with quite a lot of it very quickly. Um, although I did know quite a few of the albums already, I have some of them. Neither of you were going from zero to a hundred. Uh, I am very familiar with all of these, uh, all the big, well, most of the big four albums. Um, I actually, so I, I gave uh, you two a playlist of the big four. I actually listened to the big eight, um, which would also additionally include uh, four other bands. So, um, and that obviously expands to the big sixteen, um, the big thirty-two. Uh, you eventually get to the big 64 of thrash metal at uh, some point and so on and so on. The big uh, World Cup. The What's big- going on here? <laughs> and yeah, in the 80s, if you can, if you live through that period, uh, there was a point at which thrash metal was actually rather popular. It was charting. 
There was TV shows dedicated to it. There was magazines. Kerrang! magazine was a magazine in the 80s that towards the late 80s went from a bi-weekly to a weekly. So there was so much metal action happening in 1987 that it necessitated a weekly magazine to cover the subject. So to go back just to the beginning, is that how you would prefer to do it? Just go chronologically and take us through through. as as much as we can? Shepherd us through this thrashy field. And and um, with your metal detector, finding oh. the most valuable ones for us, you know, the uh, what's gold, what's silver, what's the bronzes? Well, there's and what's the trash? Um, there there is eventually silvers, golds, and platinums for some of these oh. albums uh, later on in the eighties. But uh, the big four we're talking about, we're not going in alphabetical order. We're going in alphabetical order for fairness here. Uh, Anthrax. Megadeth, Metallica, and Slayer, the big four of thrash metal. I mean, in reality, it's Metallica, the big one, um, and then the three underneath in terms of, you're going by sales at least, but because this is how they're usually referred to as the big four. So the, the alphabetical system went out the window immediately. <laughs> um, and at the end, there'll be an opportunity for the, the two relative thrash metal novices to pick their big four albums and perhaps even rank their preferences for the big four. Phase one of the Big Four's journey, um, talking 1983 to early 1984, uh, Metallica released first of all Kill 'Em All, followed by Show No Mercy by Slayer. And in early 1984, you had Fistful of Metal by Anthrax. So this is obviously the early stages of thrash metal, the, the, the first developments. And how did that sound right out the gate for you? What I will say about, and it's probably going to be my, my go-to for... The first stage, because the way you put it to us was obviously this is stage one and the the albums you shared. And I think there's a pace. They've all, I think it's like all got together in a little meeting or they've just been copying each other's homework. But there's definitely like a, it's just got to be relentless. That's the only thing I could think of was because, and we will get to it later on, what, what they kind of, they almost start behaving themselves. But I think this first initial one, Kill em All, is just like, just constant. It's just like it's like being caught in a conversation with somebody who almost knows you don't want to listen to them, but they've got enough of your attention that they're gonna they're gonna keep talking to you about the subject, and whether you like it or not, you're gonna stay there till the end. That's how I felt. At least I felt like I was um, held ransom by this album. If you just put this on, not knowing what it was, and you're almost like waiting for a chapter end. There was none. I just felt like it was just constantly being assaulted. So, so this was at the end then, where it was still kind of referred to as so thrash metal hadn't been coined yet. That was coined yeah. the next um, the next phase. But yeah, it was speed metal. It was very heavy speed metal. Hilariously though, like slowing down briefly for something really weird in something called anesthesia, pulling teeth. And when it got to that, I did let a little laugh because I was like, "Yep, that's uh, that's what's happening right there." So, so and uh, um. An unusual step for Metallica in their early days, uh, highlighting mm. the bass guitar. Uh, that was a bass oh. solo by... Yeah, um, we'll get to that uh, later on, because <laughs> we've obviously covered um, Injustice for All in other podcasts. Oh, have we? Um, but um, Metallica is one of our most covered artists, yeah. I think, at this point, We absolutely love them. But I think it's just, like I'm saying, it's just it's just constant. I don't know if like, Jennifer felt the same, but it just felt so... I'm not saying they blend into each other because I mean there's worse music nowadays, but I think it just was just so much, dun, 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 and I was just like, wow, I need a break. Not, not, <laughs> not I'm probably dumbing myself in here, but like not a good uh, album to have on while you're working. I'll give I'll give that a bit of advice. I had a slightly different experience with Kill 'Em All. Um, I enjoyed it. 
I've never listened to it in depth before, but I was working and listened to it and really enjoyed it. But I would have said to them at the time, just call the album Kill Them All. <laughs> not appreciating the... Uh, I didn't like the truncation. The truncation. Of it. Uh, well, that, uh, you've not got time when you're playing speed metal at this pace to fully pronounce all your words. What I liked about the Metallica one more than I liked about the other bands, and this kind of bled through most of the the albums, um, was the Metallica, and I think that's maybe why they became a little bit more um, accessible, was they kind of deviate from whatever tempo they're playing at in the song. Like They often deviate onto something slightly different, and it's a bit of a refreshment, and sometimes it's more heavy. <laughs> Like it goes up a notch, um, which I also kind of like. But there was a couple of moments there where I was kind of thinking, this is quite good. My head was going and then it changed into something else and it was a bit of a surprise. And I always like that as well. So I found that they did that more. Whereas with some of the other ones, I was skipping songs. I was dipping in, getting the taste and then thinking, yeah, this is just what this is. And to the point where the, the instruments were the same across bands and I was recognizing like guitar sounds and drum sounds that were synonymous with all of these and it was um like boof, boof, just the same thing and then the singing as well is like there's sometimes variation in singing with some of them which was welcome um, for me so as well. So this is something I was looking to extract out as well you do have um for me anyway uh four very different types of singers in, in these four bands um obviously at this point we don't have our fourth entry yet Dave Mustaine has just freshly been kicked out of Metallica uh, for being so I don't know it depends who you ask either a troublemaker or just didn't get along with um getting on with Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield um and he had yet to actually formalize his band still a couple of writing credits on the early metallica albums but before we get to them just uh, i guess you're referring in these early stages to slayer and anthrax at this point so anthrax haven't got their new singer um at this point yet uh, but slayer definitely a different flavor quite maybe at this stage not have haven't found their uh, voice if you want to call it that but very heavy uh, so if you'd been listening to the the influences they're still quite for each of these bands they're quite obvious at this point i think slayer are more the venom uh, type sound um, and metallica are kind of the speed metal british bands quite a heavy northern england uh, influence in all of them actually can i can i also say as well like because uh, anthrax they became a little life raft of actual enjoyment because a from having heard a lot of the other ones before, but also it's just starting to sound the same. But in the this initial one, this initial um, first playlist you gave to us, because it was just Slayer, Anthrax, and Metallica. Um, obviously, Anthrax is quite similar to the other two, and I just wasn't enjoying it. But randomly, and I think Megadeth weirdly takes up this mantle, which is the random cover song, because there's a Alice Cooper yeah. cover, I'm 18, in Anthrax's uh, album. <laughs> and then Megadeth's like, you want to go weird? I can go even weirder. Well, shall we cross that bridge then um, into phase two? Your bands here are, they're not quite famous yet. Certainly thrash metal doesn't look like it's going to be a fad by any stretch of the imagination. But um, you've got Metallica's... Second album, Ride the Lightning, um, Slayer's Hell Awaits, uh, Megadeth stepping into it now with Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good. And then Anthrax's next entry with new singer Joey Belladonna um, spreading the disease. 
Also, award for best cover every time is Anthrax, by the way. Their covers were sublime. So, would you... You may or may not agree. This is... They are all trying... They're all starting to get different sounds within, obviously, this genre, um, within reason, but they are starting to differentiate themselves. Um, Just to concentrate on Dave Mustaine for a second here. So, he'd been kicked out of Metallica um, (laughs) and was... His mission was to be faster, heavier than them. Um, and there is a song that is reused here called uh, Mechanics, which I think was the same. It was um, the Four Horsemen. Um, mm. That was kind of some of the uh, parts of that were reused for Mechanics. But I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to say that the first little outing of Megadeth sounds so... James Hetfield, Metallica, weird, and like you're saying, they've just turned up the speed a bit, and it's they're now seeing there's a bit of a kind of I don't know if it's bit, just bitterness, but it's I guess oh, rather than, definitely bitterness. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like, been uh, documented. Surely the bitterness isn't doing the exact same thing in the place you came from and slightly faster. Maybe it's like I'll find my new sound, or is it just, was it, it almost to represent the rush of trying to get it out? I think so. Interesting. Is well. I think the the one that's only only one that's available on Spotify is actually the cleaned up version. So initially, this uh, very very poor production values, um, but Mustaine had seemed to go out and get take more of a technician point of view, like get very technically proficient musicians. I think the drummer was a a jazz fusion drummer. So I don't know if that was a yes. any comment on um, Lars Hetfield. Eh, Lars Hetfield. <laughs> And on Lars Ulrich's uh, drumming abilities, I'll just get an actual. Professional Might as well be Lars Headfield. You get, you get right. <laughs> these little, these little buddies of theirs. But uh, the the whole time listening to Slayer, because I've never been a Slayer fan, and I shall continue not to be, because I just find them ridiculous. But it's like you know when like they remove the laugh track from say the Big Bang Theory or Friends or something, and there's like a slight creepiness to it, but in, a, in the wrong way. I I think I'd love to hear some a cappellas of his singing. Because you really could just take them out because it's just like some weird alternate preacher sometimes. He's just like, I've got some words to say and then there'll only be four ones that then goes to the next line. Um, and that's why I just thought I'd love to just hear a cappella and see if there's like just an un- unsettled nature to it because it just does not fit the music as much as people are like, it doesn't have to or it's all about the the, the heaviness, but... Well, all He's forms a, part of the same um, machine. Get out you of here! If you take his vocals out, then like you couldn't, you couldn't um, transplant Joey Belladonna from Anthrax into Slayer. It would sound bizarre, would it not? Um, yeah. Any any other comments amongst these ones? Oh, the Ride the Lightning. That's obviously a very significant album for Metallica. Big difference between that and um, the previous album, Kill 'Em All. Ride the Lightning is another one. Um, that's one that I had from. Around about 10 years ago, I think I listened to that album like a fair bit and really enjoyed it. But um, Slayer are, I never really listened to them much and I never realized quite how crypty they are. Like very, it, everything's always in a crypt. They're always going in a crypt they, and it's um, <laughs> stuff about like dead, death and necro stuff going on. And I was... It's a strange place to spend time, you know. Um, you just like change it, up, lads. Kind of, uh, it's it's an angle, but it wasn't one that I, I really, you know, appealed to me as much. And then the Metallica kind of conjure up images of like you know big like industrial scale heaving and hoeing and like you know like you think of lightning and stuff like this album has it in the title and things and they're all working at night like orcs or something. Is a bit more kind of 
easier it's it's it appeals to that kind of side of you because you it can be energizing and again that was like i think that's one of the things with metallica is it can energize me when i'm listening to that then the earlier stuff whereas other ones I, I, I did find it harder to understand the appeal i think it's better because the right lighting's better just because they've slowed down a little bit as well that's why i kind of that's even any kind of relaxation in a, in a change up in styles because uh, for whom the bell tolls like the way that starts that's just like that'll get your neck hairs up that's wonderful yeah, yeah. Fate they of give black, you little, obviously. i'm just uh, like agreeing with you but the breathers they give you is like welcome and enjoyed if that makes sense yeah, because there's no, there's, there's just, it's breathless wouldn't be the word, but like I just think that's where all the other ones fail. Because maybe one fast, one slow, or even like just the 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 way you listen to it, but it's just too like even if you're a metalhead or whatever, like people who like banging their heads along to that, it'd be like being in a gallery and you're like looking at the painting and someone's like next one, oh next one, and you're like I can't even tell where the brush strokes are. So, um, so that, that back try to class the, up the the Megadeth thing. He's like slightly behind there, isn't he? So Metallica almost take a different route when he's trying yeah. to be like, right, I'm going to go faster and harder than their first album. And obviously, Anthrax. Right. So they're the other three are from the West Coast. Um, Anthrax is the only one from New York, the New York area, and much more of like a hardcore punk sort of influence. Obviously, because that's the kind of music that was going on around that time. So do you think that differentiates them any way in the sound, or is it all up to kind of Joey Belladonna to provide the the difference. I think lyrically, I think he's just a bit more interesting. I think there's just there's something ratty and horrible about Dave Mustaine and um, and James Hetfield. They've got quite similar voices in that same delivery, even in the the better songs and stuff. It's just that kind of and you're like, I'm not into that. Whereas your Anthrax boy there, in a way, is actually more pleasing. So I mean, a much more pleasing name as well. So uh, I think it's just even if anything varies from the formula, it's actually quite enjoyable i think that's why i find them like a like a life raft in this because and unfortunately like the first album in the stage one i didn't like the middle two i really liked and then the last one's a bit samey and it kind of falls off so they almost had like a little peak um whereas at least the the other bands start to grow up that's the only way i could describe it because once we get to stage four or past stage three it's um yeah they've kind of settled into what what the next thing they're going to do is but yeah um well i enjoyed the anthrax We'll get we'll get to that. Um, this is where <laughs> this is where success is starting to be found. Uh, chart success uh, only Metallica at the moment, um, and I'll concentrate mostly on how they did in the UK because it's kind of all over the shop in uh, America. They do obviously there is parallels between how well they do here and why how well they do um, in America as well. But um, eighty seven Metallica gets to in the the UK charts with Ride the Lightning. Uh, no chart success for the rest of them as of yet. Uh, but something's happening. The next phase begins with Master of Puppets, uh, 1986. This is the critically acclaimed period, I guess, is the, the best way to, to put it. So this is where you've got Master of Puppets, Peace Cells, um, But Who's Buying by Megadeth, Rain and Blood by Slayer, and Among the Living by Anthrax. Slightly later on, that was from 1987. But any particular thoughts there? I've only got the one myself uh, for, for Megadeth, and it's... Going back to the singing part, this is where Dave Mustaine is now starting to get that Crypt Keeper Muppet voice that he has that he kind of carries through the rest <laughs> yeah. of his career. The, the creaking door voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit much. And I, I think he really, I mean, it's just, this is the unfortunate thing as well. Like, listen to this all quite condensed in one. He was really an unwelcome guest. He's like he's like a drunk that had got thrown out of the bar, and you're like, okay, yes, yes, we can enjoy our evening. And you just see them coming back in the back door, and you're like, oh, f***. 
evening's again. You know I mean, it's just that kind of feeling. Of like, I couldn't be asked to them. As much as I dislike James Hetfield and, and Lars Ulrich, I think I can see why he was maybe maybe kicked out because he just doesn't get his... He never learns his lesson. For, for them, this is, you're seeing some development here, certainly. They're kind of... Um, they're fine. As, they're catching up, at least, at this point. Uh, Slayer have now found their producer buddy, Rick Rubin, producing the hell out of this thing. This is probably the best-sounding album so far in terms of production values then metallica's very long opus they're they're looking to push the length of albums at this point they're taking the opposite route from slayer uh, it was like a th- it was almost ep length brain and blood uh, metallica's is like almost six, uh, an entire hour of master of puppets going down the progressive thrash route i guess um and anthrax are just partying still it uh, looks like t- that that's like that if someone says you're going to hear them some thrash metal, it's almost like Anthrax is what you imagine in your head that is you're going to hear. But I'll let you speak. Any any views on this sort of phase of the big four finding their feet and becoming masters of their craft? I'm mostly familiar, again, with the Metallica album. Um, specifically the song Battery, which I really liked growing up because I heard that at school. It was on a skating video. It, it, I've got quite fond memories of the first time I heard that. It was quite an unexpected sort of juxtaposition um, that happens in that song as well. So that that would be my pick. Um, they are starting to become the leaders of the definite leaders now that um, they've cleared the decks for the people that they want to be in the band. Slayer, though, huh? Oh, don't you dare. Slayer, though. <laughs> so this this album, uh, Rain and Blood, I mean, we, we kind of want to keep it contemporary, but it is worth noting that um, you are get, they are basically creating a genre out of... Thrash metal. They're they're starting to sound less like the rest of them altogether, aren't they? Does it have to be so loud? But it's it's just like in. Oh, I, I can't even bring can't even bring the words to my mouth. I just think it's just such a an overwhelming noise for somebody who's not used to thrash metal. Maybe you're like, oh, listen to the subtleties. Because I we've had conversation before, and there's some bands that. You know, you're like, I'll wait for the gold. And I'm like, oh, my God, let me sift. And then a little nugget does come up. And you're like, my God, we're rich vocally and, and audio-wise. But this is what I'm sifting and sifting. And all I get is dirty hands. That's all I, th- I felt like. And like um, Jennifer was saying earlier on, like, it is a bit like, crypt and down into the death dive. And I, with the altar of sacrifice, necrophobic. You know what I mean? Jesus Saves is one of the names of the songs. <laughs> but I think it's just... And and like they're all two minutes, and then raining blood, which I thought oh, that's a single, or at least it's something I've heard more of. I thought that was coming at the end, and it was less two and a half minutes, and it was actually four minutes long. And by no means was that a good thing. I just thought that was just the same as the other ones, but two minutes longer. And I just it was just so much, so much. It's overwhelming salty dinner. This is where um, Tom Araya, the singer, is developing the sing as many words as possible, <laughs> along with the the speed the speed of the guitars as well, which just a word jumble. Yeah, in making this music, did they all want to be exhausted? Is that the kind yes. of, the, <laughs> of is that all the aim? The, there was there must have been great exhaustion. That's, I mean, that's potentially why they are, this album in particular is 30, 34 minutes, thirty six minutes, I think. But yeah, quite a short one. And Anthrax, how about Anthrax? They're kind of building on their sound as well. From loved previous. it, loved it. It's the kind of music I imagine you kind of if you were getting ready for a fight, you'd want to chuck on to try and you know. I mean, I, I mean, I'm more of a kind of Fraser Crane getting ready for a fight kind of guy, but I'd imagine I'd throw on some Anthrax to get myself in the mood. That kind of heavy bass, heavy drums, heavy singing, guitar coming in, and you're like, I'm clenching my fists right now, even describing it. But I felt like listening to this, I felt solid. I felt like I was backed up by mates. 
but the rest of them I just felt like I wasn't aware of what was good about it. whereas this one it was like familiar and I could figure it out and I think that's why I enjoyed it and I wouldn't mind this coming through my post <laughs> any additional yeah, I comments liked, sorry I liked it too I liked it too um I think um again with it's it's probably something I've maybe made clear already but I do generally quite like a lot of this music but just in in far shorter doses and in, in, in specific scenarios and similar to um what ma was saying there just at certain times like that that's exactly the sort of th- stuff you want to hear so there was quite a few other people at this time that want to hear this this is where they're starting to find success so well again concentrate on the uk who would you guess was the the biggest chart climber um from this period of the the four bands anthrax <laughs> Correct. So they got to 18 in the album yes. charts. Yes. Um, Metallica got to 41 and Slayer got to 47. Nothing from Megadeth um, <laughs> just yet, but that's all it's all about to turn around. Um, so yeah, chart bothering now, this this kind of music. Is this, is this fathomable to you, like in this day and age? It's fascinating. Yeah. I think what it is, is, is looking at nowadays, it's because I'd recently been, and I want everyone out there should go see it, even though it's about almost three hours long. But the I was talking about the Elvis film, but like him and his style of music, there's always like, oh, you know, Elvis or a Beatles man. And they're like talking about how when he was on TV and shaking his hips, that was controversial. And you do look back and you go, oh my God, why were people bothered by this back in the day? But I would trade an entire day of listening to Slayer than any pop music in the last 20 years ever played for an entire day. I think it's just, it is unfathomable because like, what the hell? This was actually in the charts. But looking at what's in there nowadays, you're, you're almost like, oh my God, look at these, look at these wonder days. Where you, could, you could actually make anything. And it like, there was a varying, I don't even know, it's like a melting pot. Or what would you call it? What's the, is a salad bowl? What's the analogy when it's just all cultures you, and things? You but, can go your salad or your melting pot, whichever mel- you Melting like. salad. I mean, this is a real melting salad, but that's more fascinating. And it's not, surprising because obviously there's different like i'm saying there's different things that have happened in the past you're like well, i can't believe we did that but just that i think it's because people would go out and buy records and there's probably more people like us back in the day who were like oh what's that what's that and i'm gonna want more of it and then they're gonna buy it and then the next time it comes out and you maybe you they tell two friends and they tell two friends whereas it's so much easier nowadays to buy all this shit music that it's go that's, that's why it's more successful whereas so many buddies would have shared what they liked about this and gone out and got the record themselves because they wanted it in their house. And I think that's why it's not unfathomable. It's just more probably the the hard graft way of getting to the top. The whole, yeah, there's a whole scene and look around this, like a whole culture um, around uh, heavy metal music and thrash metal. And this, <clears throat> this was a continuation of the Iron Maiden, new wave of uh, Judas Priest sort of days, new wave of British heavy metal. What do we know about the... Um the gigs from back that sort of time because nowadays when you it's almost like the more abrasive the music is the more genteel the audience is and you're more likely to find horrific people at like an Ed Sheeran gig than um you know like an Icelandic death metal gig (laughs) do we know if that was the case back then as well or were well, what was, what's like, your reference? What's um, 1986, 1987? What's the most popular thing um, in the UK, at least? Probably still Elvis. He seemed to be popular forever. <laughs> Him uh, and Cliff Richard. 
Cliff Richard it was probably top of the charts. But yeah, it's that it's more like a community sort of thing, isn't it? When you've got a shared common interest that's maybe slightly outside the mainstream, um, although becoming less so. I mean, they, like the, none of this is getting to number one yet. We'll get to that. Um, but um, not, none of none of this is kind of top of the charts mm. bothering uh, just yet. But it's just interesting that it's in the mix at least. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, Kerrang! magazine's becoming one of the most popular publications. So lots of interest there. Headbangers Balls created in America around about this time. Then we get to the next phase, phase four, uh, which is the the expanding stage, I guess. They're making longer albums. They're making more of themselves. Um, you've got... Uh, so far, so good, so what? Which I guess we could title this phase uh, by Megadeth. South of Heaven by Slayer. So they're slowing it down a little bit now. And Justice for All by Metallica, recorded it in a tin drum. And State of Euphoria by Anthrax. So all from 1988. Any, any Anthrax thoughts? gradually getting like more and more um, optimistic with their title choices. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like well, they're, they're having poking fun at Slayer. They're like, raining blood. <laughs> They're like, more positivity. What was the name of their one at the same time as raining blood? Um, Among the Living. Among the Living, yeah. They're like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be like this. But I think this is this is where I think, like I was saying, like you were talking about developing and holding their craft and then reaching that kind of, this is when they're more popular. But I think Megadeth, obviously wanting to be ridiculous, Another cover, which is Anarchy in the UK. Um, oh, this is um, this did quite well actually uh, over here as well. And it, he he misremembered some of the lyrics. Oh, uh, it's so bad, <laughs> so bad. Was it well? There's an alternate takes. So is it just kind of did he, did he write it down from hearing it once? So there was still a good bit of drug and uh, substance abuse bother among the band at this point. Uh, I will point that out. Can I also say as well for a second, as I was watching the names pop up on my my little player here, was uh, obviously Anarchy in the UK finished, and then Mary Jane popped up. And I thought, surely not a Rick James cover, but it's it's like another it's another song about marijuana. I think I couldn't really tell, but I did genuinely think it was going to be a, a, a which I actually got really excited for because I thought, how are they going to do this one? You know what I mean? <laughs> like a uh, metal version of Come Here, Baby. Mary, I love you. Do it, girl. Mary Jane. <laughs> like, and then metaling that up would have been fantastic. But I think it was just some... I, I, I don't know. What was going on? Do you know what was going on here? Or? Uh, so not as much direction uh, to him as the the other bands here with, with Megadeth. He liked to try mm. a lot of different things. And a lot of the subjects were so sort of vaguely political and then some general social and party stuff mixed in so hmm. i mean but not too dissimilar to anthrax though they were kind of all over the place so some places talking about uh, judge dread um, <laughs> and other places it's about like moshing and yeah because i am the law came and i was like is this judge dread because i thought that's the only time <laughs> i've ever heard that phrase and then it turns out it is and i was like okay guys you've got your you've got your tastes and then they've got one that's just called nfl i thought is this another great um, National Football League song we can all play from now on. It's a Ethel Nick of Fesson. <laughs> yeah. But Metallica, I know we've touched on that in the past. This is their double album, their their big one, their big progressive one with the oh, drums. And so no tinny. Uh, do you like Snare? Because if you like Snare, we've got all of it, is what they must have That must have been the advert, basically. And justice for Snare. I think one... One of the, again, we've touched on this before. But one of the arguments that for burying the bass is that because it's thrash metal, you kind of the the way they play, you have to um, 
the bass is following the guitar a lot, so it does it does tend to get buried. That doesn't bear out with the, some of these other bands, though. The bass is quite highlighted in, in some of the other albums. Also, what I did was I switched from headphones to... I just played it on my phone for a couple of minutes just while I was like making a cup of tea in that. <sighs> Don't do that, because it's just... At that point, all you can hear is the drums, and it's tinny to, to, to a point where it's actually hilarious. It just sounds like the loading, the loading noise of some sort of program is the only way I can describe it. Or a hard drive that doesn't work. It's the only way you can like. Yeah, I just I hate this album. I hate Lars Ulrich. <laughs> it's been documented in the past, but I I just think he's just such. I don't know if he's just, he's just maybe like a petulant child that's eventually got their way, or if he just had his way the whole time and I haven't noticed. But really, this is like the. It, what was it? One of the notes on the was it on the recording? I think you talked about this before, like turn bass down or something. And that was like, on their uh, their first demo. Was turn wow, turn bass down and treble up. I, 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 I remembered it better back then. It was something along those lines. Little Lars has never been refused a lollipop. Let's put it that way. Yeah, never much that. No fan of the snare either. This has one on it though, huh? Black and just. Dis- I mean, it is a shame that it, it was produced in the way it was produced. Um, but there, you've got a couple of their more famous songs and successful songs here. Any further comments on Injustice for All before we move on? One last comment. This is another thing that Mike. I think we we talked about that previous as well. Like, is why I think it's been so long since we did we did on. Might as well just keep talking about. It. But there was someone who did like a not reimagining, but like they basically added up the bass or like added bass to it and a re jigged the songs so they sound a bit heavier, a bit more closer to what a, what a band would sound like. And it was so good. That in contrast now I can't unlisten to that and it actually becomes ridiculous. Even songs like one where I saw the video and things like that when I was younger and really liked it, but this it was like I was tapping out the start of this album. Well, I mean they've, <laughs> they've made their statement on it. So that, where we were talking about how Dave Mustaine was displeased with the sound of his their first album, Megadeth's first album, he actually went back and remixed and remastered the whole thing so it was kind of up to snuff. Metallica obviously had multiple opportunities to do that including the most recent remaster and they had stated that actually that's what they wanted it to sound like so that's what it shall sound like. So they're like an opposite um, George Lucas. Yes well I mean all uh, you know for, for that it's um, but, but in this case it would be really good if they were <laughs> they were a George Lucas the only time that would be positive is they went back and were like let's clean this up guys we've got the masters. It says quite a lot about their egos as well, doesn't it? We look back at our work to try and remaster it, but we found it was just too perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Lars Ulrich. Maybe if it had never been made an issue of, which has continually been made an issue of since it was released, then they wouldn't have taken such a stance on it. But never mind. Um, Your favourite Slayer, really slowing it down for this um, album, taking a different tact to Rain and Blood. In any interesting comments there or observations? Sorry, this this was the final Slayer straw for me. Uh, this <laughs> camel's back was in half at this point. <laughs> I uh, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I skipped so many of these songs. It was just. Um, but in terms of like, what you request to slow it down a bit, it certainly granted that yeah. on this one. <laughs> and it lasted longer, so maybe that's maybe. <laughs> Yeah, they, be careful what you wish for. It may come true, kind of thing. But I think it was just—it's not even like I was going to say my my analogy was going to be like you really like creme brulee, huh? How about that for every meal for the next ten years? But like, I think it's more really enjoying like salt and vinegar crisps or something, and then someone say, "Okay, mm. have another and have another and have another and have another and have another," and that's what this album is—is is a really spicy tongue at the end of it and inability to enjoy anything else. I had to listen to. 
what did, I, what did I listen to to kind of soothe my... It was almost like when you see like eating competitions and having ice cream, they've got to have like French fries or chips or something to to kind of co- like counteract it so it's not as sickly. I think I listened to... Um, oh, I had, to, <laughs> I had to lie in my bed and listen to the Bob Ross podcast that got released, <laughs> The Sounds of Bob Ross, and lie on my bed to, to calm down. <laughs> it was that bad. I just I was, I was gritting my teeth. I, I just couldn't handle it. I listened to the sound of the wind moving through the leaves outside. <laughs> How I felt at the end of this was like, what was, what, what have I done to myself? Like I just, it wasn't just the Bob Ross. I think I like this has been quite a stressful three days. It was almost like, I don't know, whipping a wound with salted whips or something. Um, you never know. You might revisit and yeah. think differently <laughs> on its own. Come back. Um, but you were able, you were I always loved your father. Previously able to enjoy Anthrax, but I think you uh, touched on. Or I don't know what you thought about this album, which is maybe slightly different. Again, oh, long they're, come down. they're drawing it yeah. out, aren't they? Here, yeah, this is unfortunate. This is what I'm saying. It was like a, it was just like a kind of peak. You're seeing like a football player's career. A little bit, a oh, little bit of glimmers at the start, and then they start to get better and better. And then this was the, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like uh, Emil Heskey is the only way I could describe this album for for Anthrax. Unfortunately for me, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely that's a point in my life where. Um, all the edges are coming off and it's just warm coffee and some jazz. <laughs> we might have broken. Um, the big success here, big success in 1988. Um, Metallica got to number four in the charts of the UK. Anthrax, uh, number 12. Megadeth now coming up here, number 18. Um, and Slayer at 25. So they're all doing they're all doing better here. There's lots of people interested in um, thrash metal, regardless of whether you think the, the creative peak has happened uh, or not. Um, but on that, the next phase is the last big hurrah uh, of thrash metal. Uh, in 1990, you had three of the big four release albums, uh, all very different albums. Um, Anthrax trying maybe a slightly more progressive thing uh, with Persistence of Time. Megadeth uh, coming through with the the attempt to keep that thrash metal sound, but actually polish it up a little bit, make it a touch more palatable. Um, and Slayer going back again to, to taking their last two albums, mixing those together and not relenting, not giving anything to concede to that mainstream attempt. So of these three, any comments uh, here? Anthrax again? What's quite funny about the Anthrax ones? They actually almost like the 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 come down hadn't worked, and they went back to the the early days, and that's that's what that sounds like. Is actually like the the earlier ones in the stage one, which is that kind of it's like oh guys, no, don't don't go mining back in that place because it's not there's no riches there. Um, so they've actually taken a step back, which was really disappointing. Because um, obviously, maybe the the failure not failure, you know what I'm talking about, but like in my eyes, the the dipping down from the last album, and then they thought, oh, what, what works, and then they've just gone to like an like an old favorite, and it's a bit kind of hokey at this point. It it does have that that feel of uh, oh, the party's kind of over, um, the big lights on, and you can see all the rubbish. But <laughs> if there's if there's nuggets of, of brilliance here, uh, I'd be interested to hear about them uh, from from someone who's maybe more talented in uh, in with a keener eye. So there could be a, <laughs> or a, ear. an element of uh, a fatigue at this point, I guess, considering the the method in which you consumed a lot of this, but um, and obviously this is my opinion, but Megadeth basically 
came to fruition here um, with uh, Rust in Peace. Uh, this is the. I was going to agree. I was saying of of all the things that happened, this was almost like a. Oh, Gordon's alive! I like. I thought it was done and dusted, dead and buried, and then suddenly this album came along. And I was like, oh, an album. Because obviously Slayer just sounds like Slayer, a bit more heavy and a bit more guitar solos and stuff. But Rust in Peace, I would say, is the only album that was actually an album I enjoyed from this. And the unexplainable weird character cover, and it's a guy holding a jewel over the top of an alien, um, while some guys like I think they're writing. Are they writing notes or they just watch it? Or is it like a funeral? This is the oblique uh, reference to the cabal of world leaders who of the the button you know Uh, so i think you've got um i I don't know you obviously if you're just go i've i've got the lp of course i think this album i have uh, on cd CD, cassette and lp um as i tend to have with my yes listeners he has no life so on the lp you can see a bit closer um you've got george bush um must be John Major at this time period. Who's the Stainhead guy again? Um, you've additionally got um, Mikhail Gorbachev uh, on there as well in various Ooh, world Mikhail. world lead <laughs> Mikhail um, world leaders there because um, a bit it's a mix of all the things that are in this album. Um, even the first song is a weird mix. So uh, I think I've talked about this story before, but Holy Wars is based on the fact that again Dave Mustaine he's uh, he's got high ideas. He's I guess slightly simple at, at the base of it, but. Um, in the tour for their previous album, um, he ended up in Northern Ireland um, and was upset because there was somebody selling like bootleg T-shirts outside, and he was like, "Oh, can you get rid of them?" And somebody had explained to them that it was um, it was for you know the cause. Somebody had a very, I guess, one-sidedly explained what that meant in terms of the, the troubles in Northern Ireland. So what he did was he went on stage and um, announced that the next track, which was Anarchy in the UK, that cover song we were talking about, um, was for the cause, giving oh. Ireland back to the Irish and um, all hell broke loose. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did just did not understand the, the, the history and the context of what he I'm was I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> And great success. Great <laughs> success here as well. Megadeth coming out on top of these three, um, getting to number eight. Um, Anthrax's album is number 13, and Slayer climbing up still. Number 18 in the, the album charts for Slayer. Wow. But Thrash Metal does basically peter out at this point um, for whatever reason, despite Megadeth's uh, triumphant coming to fruition there. The next stages were dependent on, I mean, a lot of this is in retrospect, but the next album from the big four was the Black Album. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that uh, recently, but you know you know that album. Very different sound um, for some people, a, a selling out, especially compared to the you know progressive thrash metal album that came before it. But that changed everything. That got to, talk about this climb in the charts, number one everywhere. I think it remains one of the greatest selling albums of all time. Just obliterated every potential, every possible record. The Probably the most successful heavy album of all time, if you do in fact consider it a heavy album. But different sound, different context, and they definitely reached for that and became, they were already the most successful metal band of all time and then just kind of leapt over that. For people who didn't hear Metallica, like as they went, so to speak, the Black Albums maybe where a lot of people get introduced to them, I would say. Certainly, I think it's the first one I heard by them. I enjoyed it back then. Um, still enjoy it now. As but a reference point I, to, to the rest of this, like where obviously everything leading up to that, how that came to a head uh, with the Black Album, 
does that make you feel any differently about it or any way about it at all actually no not really I th- it does seem like a different band though I'll call this the AEIOU album, all right? Because this was like the one thing I took away from it was it was a lot of extension of oohs and eh. So someone's told him he can sing um, somewhere along. I think you can hear from Master of Puppets to Injustice for All, he's improving, I guess you would call it. Mm. Yeah, he's certainly changing. And then here again, that does come to fruition. That makes sense as well, because someone has literally lied to him. (laughs) But that's what's weirdly consistent through this album is just his oh eh, continue some word like i i it's a it's a it's obviously a well-received album but i guess it's just for the kind of thing people like this is what they like and uh i don't know it's just um for me this was apart from enter the sandman which for for like wrestling reasons is why i enjoy that song but the rest of it i mean nothing else matters is a, a horrible song um, so that's a huge pivot from yeah. thrash metal in the yeah. 80s. But that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're trying to, it's um, like in the School of Rock where they go from being whatever the, the Jack Black band was to the, the soft love ballad guys. He's like, this isn't rock and roll. And I think it must, I mean, it's not quite as uh, ill-received as Bob Dylan going from acoustic to electric or all that. But, um, but why would they care? They're eating caviar out of a shoe. Do you know what I mean? A shoe, that's not elegant. Um, a caviar out of a... Um, Gold-plated uh, shoehorn. Still with the shoes. <laughs> I'm going to get off of this. So, after, I mean, after that, um, yeah, the rest of them did. So, I think Joey Belladonna, I think, left Anthrax. They took a big, long break and came back with, them, I guess, a more more matching what the emerging styles were going to be. Megadeth kind of tried to follow the tart yourself up for the mainstream uh, approach that Metallica had. So, uh, And Slayer took a wee bit of a break, but they... They stayed. They, we, you would imagine they're going to stay the same, aren't they, for the rest of their career? The other thing to which the fall of thrash metal was attributed was the rise of grunge music, and that being the alternative sort of source of that dirty sort of heavy music. But that that never really rang true. Metal didn't die. Metal just sort of reformed. It changed itself as it has through its entire history, and kind of became groove metal. Pantera came not long afterwards. Sepultura changed their style, and metal actually. Well, continues to this day. How many grunge bands are about now? I'll say as well, um, this is a kind of random, it's just like a small hook on or something, because obviously Celtic Frost isn't by any means a, a well-known band like worldwide. But like, for instance, The Heart Beneath, um, you can hear a lot of that, the the style of that from, I think it's like Ghost of War by Slayer, that like that. That obviously has influenced them, and there's like things like that, and a lot of them, a lot of these albums, as much as I, after like in a condensed um, form, hated them. There was a lot of things like, oh, that sounds like uh, Refused, or that sounds like uh, like like I'm saying, Celtic Frost, or there's other bands, or punk bands, or rock bands, and things like that. You could tell there's obviously something that someone liked, and it's a bit like with keep on going back to hip hop, but like if someone likes the intro to a track and things, that just needs to breathe a bit more. But in a lot of the, the sort of thrash metal stuff, there's so much nuggets that can be found and there's luckily, it, it, it's influenced a lot of people. But like you're saying, like it, there's the, the grunge um, didn't last because it was a fad. Whereas this had this had gold in it, but it just did not have the right, I don't know, what's the sift thing called? <laughs> the little sieve. Um, and I think a, a lot of bands have obviously used that for a greater purpose, which is to, to, to build on it and make it 
something else. So that's why it's probably lasted in different forms because it's got, it has, and I'll agree that at least it has something that you can build on. Whereas I think grunge was a bit more kind of flaky and much like the way the people looked, that wasn't going to, that look wasn't going to last. Whereas in, in a weird way, like thrash metal look is actually coming back as well. Like for a lot of people. I can also, if you did enjoy that, suggest that you do um, seek out the work of the, the the remainder of the big eight, as they do refer to them as, um, again, Metallica's, you know, the big one, and then the rest in a, a little sort of chart from, from two to eight. You Metallica's can one, the rest are done. Yeah. Uh, that's what you really want to say. Uh, the, the rest of the big eight would be Exodus, uh, Death Angel, Testament, um, and Overkill which were the, the other East Coast band, uh, along with Anthrax, if, if that tickles your fancy. But what I was going to ask is... It does not. <laughs> um, going back to fours, would you be able to pick a, a big four from the albums, your four choice picks from what you've you've heard so far? I'm ready. Unless... Uh, does the, Shall the, I go if first? If you're ready, or, you go. I'll, why don't I go first, shall I? Yeah, hey, you go first, well, host. I'll, I'll lead this then. So my... My top, I mean, we don't have to rank them, but certainly the one I'm going for is one of my favorite albums of all time is Rust in Peace by Megadeth. Uh, that would be um, one of the, the four for me. Uh, Ride the Lightning by Metallica. Spreading the Disease by Anthrax. I think, yeah, it's just if someone says they're going to listen, that we're going to listen to Thrash Metal, it's kind of what you hope you're going to hear. Um, is Spreading the Disease by Anthrax and Rain and Blood by Slayer. So that would be my four picks. No, I, 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 will, I will agree there as well. I think Rust in Peace, uh, Ride the Lightning, just because that was Metallica, I actually thought, let's have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it actually worked. I quite like Spreading the Disease, but I actually, weirdly, another Anthrax one, which is, it came in part three, but it's, I think it's this is why it's, it gets coloured by, in contrast to the other ones, but I think it was just because it was so different. It was like a welcome friend, but Among the Living was definitely my number four as well, because it's the cover... The see, seeing it like a, a friendly face at a party that I've not been enjoying, but it was that's probably going to sit with me as well. It was like, oh, thank you, a little tear streams down my face. But yeah, so the two Anthrax, um, Metallica, and the Megadeth, Rust in Peace in, in the nineties. That's definitely my ones. Jennifer, are you going to be able to come up with four given the manner in which you consumed all this? <laughs> <laughs> Just a, it's an amalgamation of what's been said already. Basically, Rust in Peace, Among the Living, Kill Them All, Ride Lightning. You heard me. I did. I believe I did hear you. <laughs> Rather lightly. Rust in peace, kill them all, ride the lightning, living. All right, that's interesting. That's interesting. A couple of definite favorites coming out on top from all three, but who are you able to rank your top four of the big four? Lay off, eh? <laughs> in terms of the bands, all four of the bands. Who's your favorite of it? From from what you've heard here, who 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 are you returning to after this, if, if you are indeed returning to anyone? Mm. I'm I'm definitely returning to Anthrax uh, for two of their albums. Um, as much as I dislike Lars Ulrich and, uh, and his buddy, Ride the Lightning, Metallica, bring them number two. Well, actually, sorry, Megadeth for Rust in Peace actually makes up for a lot of sins. So it'll be Anthrax, then uh, Megadeth, then Metallica, and uh, Slayer very well and truly at the bottom um, for Crimes Against Humanity. I'll be doing the opposite. Slayer I'll be delving top. into Slayer. <laughs> You'll be delving in the fascination. Yeah. My least favorite, and trying to trying to find try to find out what's happening there. <laughs> try to get over the hump. Yeah, get the mystery solved. Well, Why I'm, is there all this blood? More than happy to assist you um, in that endeavor. It, listening to it will be like my, 
you know, least favorite moments in the Elder Scrolls um, <laughs> games as well. Going at the dungeons. Same same sort of thing over and over again as a ghost. <laughs> Into the crypt once yeah. again. Crypts of eternity. And yeah. I'll, I'll probably go into them and because it's the hardest one to, to understand and, and see what, what's, what's, what's in there. Break if there's it anything open. there. So you're going to play Elder Scrolls while listening to this? Um, Just the dungeon missions and then yeah. Slayer. Yeah. I'm going to play that while I listen to Slayer. That way it's <laughs> doubling my pleasure. And just finally, I hate myself. Which which was the um, which was the worst Megadeth cover? Was it the these boots or Anarchy in the UK? I think Anarchy in the UK is definitely worse, just for an assault. And it, it, that's what I'm saying. These boots actually much like the um, Crispin Glover. Are you ready? Boots like the different version of it. Um, but yeah, that's always a pleasure when anyone does a version of the the Nancy Sinatra song. I always get a kick a kick out of it. Hey, I'm uh-huh. I'm working here. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm reviewing a Harry Styles album. But um, no, I think uh, Anarchy in the UK was just just awful. So um, sorry, sorry, Dave Mustan, you must not. Eh? Uh, shall we hit the lights? <laughs> hmm. Shall we hardening of the arteries? That's the one I'm looking at right now. <laughs> Bye, Slayer. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Until next time on the Blastform cast from Thrash. I don't want to do that. Goodbye. Thrash, splash, and dash. <laughs>